and welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drug stories and addiction and other such dumb crap. I'm Dave. Hey everyone, I'm Chris. Chris is sounding more comfortable now. I am, I am. A few things real quick in terms of housekeeping. Uh, I don't know if that's the right word, but uh, a few people commented that they were hearing this sound. What about the fish tank? The fish tank's loud. Yeah, fish tank is loud. Well, anyways, that sound is the sound of me vaping. We're not smoking crack. Or weed. Or weed. Or crystal meth. And if you hear the flick of a bick, that would be Dave uh, lighting up an analog. Analog? That's what they're calling them now. Who's they and what? why? Me and my pals. They call cigarettes analogs? Yeah, because this is digital. That's some dumb shit. Yeah. You're antiquated, man. Wow. I've been really struggling with my smoking lately. I feel pain in my heart and my lungs all the time. I wheeze. I cough. I, I cough up brown often. And um, I need to stop. Yeah. Do you have any tips on stopping smoking? Um, just do it, man. Cold turkey. You know, it was never really an issue for me. You know, I actually smoked like one or two cigarettes for years, even like may- maybe three in a day. And then I started vaping and now I vape all day. So it's kind of strange because my nicotine content or consumption has gone up considerably since I started vaping. Which have, have people really a- asked what the sound of the vape was? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, they weren't actually asking. They were laughing because they already knew what it was. But I was... They were like thinking that maybe you were vaping weed. No, no. Nobody... I mean, everybody knew. Like, it was, you know, everybody knows I'm vaping. I'm talking about people I know. And they were like, you know, laughing. But I thought maybe people might think doing something else. How much nicotine do you have in that thing? This is six right now. Six MG. You feel it? Yeah, a little bit. If I do anything over that, I get a headache because I kind of just do it consistently. What's the flavor? This flavor is the milk inspired by Momofuku. Ugh. This fucking vaping. <laughs> it's the end of the world. It's like, and it stinks. It's like cigarettes stink, but the vape, it stinks like like bad tea yeah. or something. And the names, you know, the unicorn puke and fucking. <laughs> unicorn milk. No, I've heard of unicorn puke too. <laughs> Pixie garbage. There's no one called unicorn puke. There is. There's definitely there not. is. There's a dumb marketing strategy for. When I when, it smells to me like unicorn puke. Maybe that wasn't really the name. And you cannot find more losers in one place than in a vape store. That is like you want to find some fucking end of the line. Pieces of shit, go to a fucking vape store. Have you ever hung out in a vape store? Yeah, I've been vaping for a while and I still don't even get it. I go in there and it's a carbonizer and atomizer and uh, wicks and pieces. I don't even know. Voltage and ohms and... Oh my God. To hear them talk about vaping is is to hear the end of the world as far as I'm concerned. Mm. You gotta be vaping. I mean, how long did they say vape? In every sentence in the vape store. They can't say anything besides vape. It's funny you say that because Oxford Dictionary every year releases a word of the year. And what that means is it's the word that's increased the most in percent usage. And in 2015, the word was vape. Ugh. I used, I, you see, I liked vaping weed. Vaping weed was the fucking best because it's so fucking incognito. 
you know, yeah. and you just and, and it's all packaged so beautifully, and it tastes kind of like butt. Yeah. Vaping weed was the thing. Vape yep. weed in the movies. You vape weed at work. You vape weed in the cab. Nobody fucking cares, and um, it hits you like a fucking mule. Yeah, I remember that story you said. Where you tried it for the first time driving home, and by the time you got home, what didn't story? you have it? Like you had some, and you were driving home, and you like from where? I don't know, from Long Island, and you were on the highway or something, and then it like kicked in. And you didn't realize how strong it was or something. That does sound like a story I yeah. told. But yeah, I I I I loved vaping weed, and I had this this dealer friend of mine, woman, and she um she would sell me the cartridges. You know, straight from Colorado, so it would be packaged all beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, like, I would sell them at work. And, like, I really, really liked vaping weed. My daughter's mother was so excited to vape weed with me on the way to the movies one time. Mm. But then, by the time the movie was over, she was very much against the fact that I had vaped weed. Yeah. I should never have mentioned that. No. Yeah, that's all right. It's all right for me to mention stuff that I don't want to mention, but for you, it's it's not all right. Well, it's still anonymous. And speaking of that, we discussed in one of the previous Dopey episodes that laughs would be forthcoming, and uh, that will not be happening. It took me about... Did you try? It took me about two hours to figure out how to edit out your last name. So I didn't even get edited. I don't think you even edited it <laughs> no, out. Good. No, I did. I, I just dropped it. You know, I couldn't add a beep. So I mean, if I couldn't figure out how to add a beep, we're not getting laughs. Dude, I can do my fake laugh. My fake laugh's really good. Yeah, do your fake laugh. <laughs> there you go. That's not that good. No, it's pretty good. It's not bad. Hopefully that fish tank isn't too loud, but should we get pop in here? What's what's the deal? Um, yeah. We we're actually in a hurry because uh I have to go qualified an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting at eight. Yeah, it's a live episode of Dopey, basically. Basically. But more based on the recovery end of things. I'm a little bit nervous about it. Are you? Yeah. Just let it rip. Don't even think about it. That's the best way to do it. And that's something else I need to say. Mm-hmm. This show is not necessarily about recovery. Mm-hmm. It's about drugs. Maybe eventually it will be. Who knows? If this show is ever about recovery, you got to get somebody else in this spot. I'm out. This show is about drug stories. It's not about recovery. It's not about doing the next right thing. It's about the last wrong thing. But maybe with the evolution of your recovery, that's what the show will become. You never know Just, what the future okay. holds. Today, Chris is going to tell a story. Chris, what story do you want to tell? If uh, this show is about recovery, it's going to be late. <laughs> I got you. I got you. No, what do you think? Maybe what? it could be a combination of both. Who knows? But for now, let's just do what we're doing. I think it already is a combination of both because we're both in recovery. Yeah. And we'll throw some tidbits in here. Did you here. just get two years? Is it today? It is tomorrow. Look at that. Mazel tov. Thank you. Thank you. You just That's can't top dope at Brooklyn tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Just for tonight. Yeah, we got to make it through the night. Let's hope you don't get killed. All right, so story time. What do we got on the horizon? I'm going to give Dave an option of three stories to pick from. I'd rather not choose, but please. Well, you have no option. Okay, what's what are my choices? An option. What are my choices? Your choices are. Well, I was thinking, you know, you ended with the Howard Stern story. Yeah. Uh huh. So I could do um, the Drew Pinsky story. Oh, I love that story. Have you heard that? Yeah, I choose that. (laughs) <laughs> I choose Dr. Drew. I choose Dr. Drew. All right. Well, do you want to hear? You know he's a regular. You know he's a regular on the Stern show. Is he? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you want to? They hear don't the other, like. Him. You, know, you want to hear the other options or no? Yeah, I'll tell you the other option. The other option is the brain injury story. You know I love that story. <laughs> I, choose, I choose that one. Okay, you choose the brain injury. We can. That's do that. the skiing one. Uh, 
Well, the skiing was the brain injury, but we'll get into that if, if that's where you're. And then the last one's a mugging story, which I don't think you know that one. I don't know. I, I, I can't choose. You need to choose. We'll do the brain injury. Really? Okay. More than Dr. Drew? Um, we'll do brain injury now, Dr. Drew, next time. Okay. Okay? Okay. All right. So I also heard from everybody that I played it for that I interject too much. I like your interjections. You know what I say to y'all? Fuck you. I don't fucking <laughs> care. I'm going to do whatever I want. Sure. My, it's our podcast, not yours. If you don't want to listen, don't fucking listen. You're testy tonight. I am? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to be, I'm trying to be, you know, trying to do it up. All right. So the... Also, if you think that I interject too much, why don't you write a motherfucking email to... Dopeypodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Write an email. Let me know. I think it's good. Yeah. Anyway, continue. so far the only me- email we've gotten is from our uh, graphic design guy, who I yes. think did an g- excellent job. And just so you know, it is not OJ Simpson nodding out in the uh, in the graphics. It something. is somebody nodding out in a subway. I saw the original picture that he inspired the graphic. That but he it's created. not OJ Simpson. It's somebody asked Simpson. me if it was it's actually OJ. it's a white guy. Actually, it doesn't look like a white. It guy. Doesn't really. No. <laughs> Interesting. Anyway, please. Okay, so uh, the brain injury story. Uh, I thought you were going to tell the Dr. Drew story. Am I? Okay, brain injury story. Okay. Um, brain injury story. So this was actually a request from a close personal friend of mine. Why don't you give a shout out to who it is? It was to Ted. You know Ted. I don't. No, you don't. I, I know of Ted. I've seen him on Facebook. Okay. Very attractive guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Ted, you're looking good out there, buddy. <laughs> Chris, you hang out with a lot of attractive guys, I've noticed. I do. I do. Does this make you uncomfortable? You look uncomfortable I hope now. that I look more attractive by proxy. No, you look less attractive with these young, strapping men that you hang out with. That's how it works, isn't it? Just so, if anybody's wondering, I'm totally hetero. Just so you know. Completely yeah. and unequivocally hetero. As am I. Which is funny, because that um, can actually relay into our story, in a way. Okay. Let's do it. Let Heterosexuality it. and homosexuality. That will, that's on the agenda for the brain injury story. I'm going to lie back and, and listen. <laughs> okay. So um, as Dave had mentioned previously, I was a resident at numerous facilities. And um, one of the such facilities I was in was a place for people with traumatic brain injuries. And uh, I ended up there uh, as part of a court order. And I have oh, – I thought you were telling the story how you got the traumatic brain injury. No, no, no. I'm telling the story of the Traumatic Brain Injury Institution. It's a no, better, no, no, it's a, no. You cannot tell that without saying how you got the traumatic brain injury. Okay. Actually, that's a pretty good story too, so I'll tell that story. Um, so I had a subdermal hematoma in my prefrontal cortex when I was 17 years old. I was skiing at Sunday River in Maine. Um, it was the Are fir- you a good skier? No. Uh, I was a fast skier, a reckless skier, but I wouldn't say I was a good skier. Um, And uh, what happened is we spent the whole night drinking um, excessively, uh, probably until about four in the morning. And then uh, we woke up at like six to go skiing. So I was still intoxicated the next morning. And um, it was a school ski trip. We went out and it was the first run of the day. And I was skiing right next to um, one of my friends. His name is also Dave. And we were kind of snake skiing, you know, really close to each other weaving in and out and all of a sudden we just cross skis and um, my skis instantly shot off for some reason the bindings were set really loose um, and so they went you crossed your own skis or you crossed skis no we just like hit each other we collided yeah and so my skis shot off and I lost no momentum and I 
landed on my chest and I just started sliding along the snow and it was kind of icy out. So there was no tumbling. It was just basically like a human sled toboggan head first. Yes. And I remember seeing Dave out of the corner of my eye just tumbling, you know, and I was like, oh man, like Dave's fucked up. Like, he's <laughs> going to be hurt. I remember thinking that. And then I looked up, I saw some trees and I turned to hit the trees and what I ended up hitting, which I don't remember the exact instant it happened, was a metal tripod um, that oh. blew snow, snowblower. And um, oh, you're going fast on your chest, really in fast, in a snowsuit, in yeah. a jacket, and snow pants, and just sliding. And I went you're straight going head fast. on. And your arms are at your sides. Yeah, just flying, dude. Wow, and yeah. you crashed into a metal thing. Yeah, and so that scraped like the top of my head. <gasps> uh, I had to get a ton of stitches, um, oh. and it was a. a Did com- your hair come out? Yeah, my friend came and found me, and he said that my scalp was like split open, and he could see my skull. Um, oh, that's so hard. So we'll go. We'll start from the top and go to the bottom. So the first thing was the big split down the middle of my head. They said if I go bald, I'll have a huge scar down the middle of my head. Huh. Um, so the first thing was the scar. The second thing was the subdermal hematoma in my frontal lobe, which was bleeding in your brain. Um, and then the next few things were uh, spinal fractures. I broke my C1, C4, T1, and T6. And I was extremely lucky because were you drunk? I was still intoxicated. Yes, and I was extremely lucky because um, it was a compression injury, so all my uh, vertebrae broke outwards. Nothing went into the spinal cord. Does that make sense? Uh, no, but I'm. I didn't stupid. kink my neck, so I didn't get paralyzed. That's basically what I'm you saying. You would have gotten paralyzed if I had kinked my neck, and my friend came over and held me down. So my vertebrae were, were broken. Dave knew. A different Dave, actually. There's two Daves. That was wow. Dave P. This is Dave S. Came okay. by and helped, right? And um, you were on a school trip. <laughs> a school trip, right? What and, school did you go to? Uh, some prep school in uh, Massachusetts area. Was it Exeter? Was one of the ones, no, it wasn't Exeter. Although we did go to Exeter for uh, intramural softball. No, for debate. Were you on the debate team? I was. I was a master debater. I can see that. Yes, master debater. As a master, is that debater. true or is that just a joke? Uh, that is not a joke. Um, I was on the debate team. It's a lie. I was definitely not a master at it. I actually used to just make shit up all the time. Like you'd go in and these kids would like study and get all these like statistics about like whatever we were arguing and they would come out with a statistic and then I would just make something up. I'd be like, according to like John Cornwall and I'd like make something but that, total opposite. Did they were, well, did you go with a jacket and tie? Yeah. Yeah. So you really had a life kind of like school ties. Or uh, or the Dead Poets Society. A little Society. bit. A little bit yeah. You're one of those guys. Yeah. He looks like one of those guys, just so you know. <laughs> All right. So back up to the story. So I should also say – Do you ever wear – you the, never wear a jacket and tie now? Uh, no. Never. Never. No, not much. You look so slick though. Um, okay. So the, the story, uh, I should just say before we continue with the story is that morning, and this is relevant, I had had a big tuna sandwich – and a bottle of grape juice. Tuna's right? good brain food. Yeah, but it's a weird breakfast thing. It's a tuna disgusting. sandwich and grape, yeah, grape disgusting. juice. So anyways, we, um, I break my neck, break my back, had internal hemorrhaging. My spleen was ruptured, lost a third of my Who blood. Who took you off the mountain? It's really bad. The ski patrol guys. They came by and they got me. and They, they took put me you in a snowmobile? They put me, no, one of those little sleds, and then they took me to the nearest hospital. Do you remember that? Uh, I never lost consciousness, they said, but somehow, which is a miracle, but I don't remember most of it. Um, That's horrible. So they took me to the local hospital, and they didn't know my neck was broken yet, but as a precautionary thing, they always stabilized it. So I had the neck brace on. They knew I was bleeding internally. So my you know, my spleen was ruptured, and I was bleeding. So they said I'd do emergency splenectomy. Splenectomy? Yes. 
So I'm on the table in the ICU. Sounds like it's uh, a Oh, not in the ICU. State. I'm in the table and um, there's no ICU at this house. I'm in the table and they're going to do the splenectomy, right? And it sounds, sounds like Schenectady. It does sound like Schenectady. Splenectomy. Uh, <laughs> so I'm on this table and they have me kind of strapped to the table and I have a neck brace on. And in order to do the splenectomy, they have to pump your stomach. And so they stick this tube up your nose and then you swallow it. And the tube goes down your throat and, you know, they get the stuff out of your stomach. So they're sticking the tube up my nose and they're telling me swallow, swallow, swallow. I swallow it and then it triggers um, a gagging reaction uh, and I end up vomiting. The tuna so, and the grapes. The yes. Juice. But so remember though, I'm tied to a board with a neck brace on, on my back and I vomit. And that vomit has nowhere to go except straight up in the air like a fountain and, and right back face. down on my face. It's horrible. And so uh, this is a very sad story. This is a very sad story, and it was and it was you know tuna and grapes and grape juice. It's disgusting. And so one of the nurses goes, "Ew, what is that?" And, you're like, and the Wait, other <laughs> no, no, the other nurse goes, "I think it's tuna." And I started laughing, <laughs> and I remember they go, "He's awake." And then that was the last. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> like I think it's tuna yeah. and Welch's grape soda. Yeah. So that was the real. That was the brain injury story. But that's not even the story we were telling tonight. We're going to the brain injury clinic. So, anyways, there was a legit. What are we at? We're at about 19 minutes. So I'll, I'll run through this this bit a little quickly. Um, so I had the brain injury. Have what, you ever been disconnected? By the way, I have not. I drive by it. I've never been there either. There was one guy I knew in college that was in Schenectady. Where is Schenectady? Um, it's in New York somewhere. <laughs> anyway, continue. Uh, so, um, yeah, so I had the brain injury, uh, and then my alcoholism and addiction progressed rapidly, and uh, I ended up going in and out of treatment, in and out of treatment, in and out of treatment, and accruing more and more uh, legal troubles. Um and mostly it was from that one robbery that I mentioned in the earlier episodes where um, I took medication from a uh, veterinarian clinic. So anyways, I was court-ordered to treatment after I would do uh, little lengths in jail. And uh, I kept on running away from treatment. And um, so finally I ran away one last time and uh, they came and uh, I got picked up on a warrant uh, eventually. And um, I went in and the DA was like – uh, or the judge was like, you're done. I was already sentenced that, you know, you're going to get eight years, your max term for the crimes I'd committed. And, uh, what crime? The robbing the veterinarian. Eight years for a little phenobarbital? Yeah. Well, I attacked the police when they came. Right. So it was um, assault. Yeah, it was a bunch of assaults too. Uh, so, um, what happened was my lawyer argued that because of the brain injury I received when I was 17, traditional methods of treatment weren't working for my substance abuse, um, which the judge sort of bought. He sentenced me to a year in jail. And then once I got out of jail, I good had lawyer. to, he's a good lawyer. I had to complete a traumatic brain injury institution. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you think that that's true? Okay. So it's a good question. A lot of people have asked me that. I didn't feel any different. Um, and where the injury happened um, it's part of your brain that has to do with executive functioning. It doesn't have anything to do with... Is that the medulla oblongata? It's not the medulla oblongata. It's your prefrontal cortex. Okay. And that has nothing to do with your intellect and your cognition. So I was still able to kind of perform 
at a similar level as before the accident. So I was like, I'm fine. Um, but little did you know. Yeah. So anyway, so I still always thought I was fine. But then I was like, someone finally asked me, like, if you were to get a case study and read about somebody's experiences, and it was your own experience, but a different name, would you think that the TBI, the traumatic brain injury affected them? And I'd have to say yes, because I was crazy. I kept on running away from treatment. But would you say you were any crazier than any other crackhead, dope shooting, coke shooting, phenobarbital thieving, alcoholic, fucking DMT shooting, school tie, suit and tie (laughs) wearing, fucking gun? No, they're, they're, they're out there. They're out there. Yeah. It was just a severe case. It might have exacerbated my alcoholism. I don't know. It doesn't even... It gave you a good excuse to be totally, like, crazy, wild and crazy. It did. I actually had a psychiatrist tell my family once that I would never get sober. Yeah, I've had that Because of that. That's what they say. Yes. (laughs) I don't know why they say that. No, because to prove... It's like the same reason they say... If you're unconstitutional... If you have no capacity for honesty... If you're constitutionally incapable... They say that as they front so that you're like, wait, I better better straighten up. I better tell the truth. I better... They say I can't do it. I better fucking prove them wrong. It's, It's... 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 It's reverse psychology for the... For the resistant. To spite you in? Yeah. Anyway, um, continue. Okay, so... <coughs> so you're running so the away judge from says, treatment. Yeah, so the judge says eight years. Um, I go to the... I get out of jail, and I go to the Traumatic Brain Injury Institution. Um, now, this place was different than any other place I'd been. And, and uh, before we get started, I will say I was a resident there, so I lived there full-time for eight months. Um, my roommate, one of them wore a diaper... Um, and, uh, did he shit the diaper? Yeah, all the time. Um, and they I, mo- is it like Elena Lodge that you could change roommates every two weeks? No, no, you were stuck with, so you're with the diaper wearer for eight months. Uh, no, I was actually with him for about three months and then I switched to somebody else. So I had two roommates and, um, when I first got there, I had to have two staff with me at all time. Cause I thought since I was coming from jail, I might be violent. I'm the most gentle person ever. He is very gentle. So for literally 48 hours until they realized like they didn't need that, I had two people with me constantly. Even when I was sleeping, there was two people outside my door just sitting there. Just in case. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but Walter, he had permanent staff coverage. Um, and uh, so the he had, diaper guy. The diaper guy. So his deal was he had elective heart surgery um, and something went wrong and he had no oxygen to his brain for 20 minutes. Um, and uh, consequently, he lost a lot of brain functioning. Um but he would have, uh, yeah, he had to wear a diaper. He'd go to like, you know, fix a bowl of cereal, and uh, he, he would go and take the bowl out, get his apple jacks, and pour the apple jacks until the bowl just disappeared. Pour the entire bowl, box of apple jacks, so just be a bowl buried underneath a mound of apple jacks, and then he would so go be apple jacks on the table. Yeah, and then he would go get a go get like some milk out of the refrigerator, and he'd take it out, and he'd like open the top. And he'd just drop it on the floor, <laughs> and then he would, like, forget what he was doing and go walk to his room. And I'd, like, come into the kitchen, and there'd be a bowl covered in Apple Jacks, milk on the floor, and then just, like, milky footsteps back to his room. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And you're in this thing for eight months. You're yeah. The, are you the highest-functioning traumatic brain injury there was client? A, there was probably, like, 80 people there, maybe 100, and there was a couple other that were pretty high-functioning. Okay. Yeah. So you were in the top of the class. I was in the top of the class. That's yeah, a nice good. change of base. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I had another roommate, a guy named Mike, um, who you didn't, you wouldn't notice anything was wrong with him unless you spent like a good half hour with him. Is he just never stopped talking, and he'd always tell you he was from a musical, military, athletic family. 
um, and then he made gourmet sandwiches, which were not gourmet. No. Um, and he, he fell off a ladder and hit his head. Uh, but he just talked. A you lot. know, I, when I was eight months old, I fell off a changing table and, and cracked my skull. That explains a lot. That's what everybody says. That <laughs> explains a lot. I should have gone to some traumatic brain injury fucking school treatment. Anyway, where are the drugs in this story? Okay. We coming. have skiing. We have fucking shitting diapers, <laughs> apple jacks on the table, milky footsteps. Yeah. There's no drugs. Okay, so it's coming. So anyways, I'm at this place and... Isn't I, this dopey, the podcast for drug we're stories? We're getting there. I promise we're getting there. Okay. So I start relapsing now, there. It's, it's Hold on. It's a traumatic brain injury institution. Drug rehab. No, they have no fucking clue how to deal with a drug addict. Okay. And I remember I was just so excited because I got my own room with a television, which was like in the a, room. Yeah, which was a big deal for me. Oh you know? yeah, you never would leave. Yeah, and they just didn't know how. So, like for instance, there would be the staff member for Walter, not for me after a while, but there'd be someone in our living room, and I was on the second floor, and after a few months. I would open the um, I would open the window to my room and I'd dangle out my window and I'd drop out, you know, and then hop a fence. And this was in Bakersfield, California. And I'd go out and I'd get drunk and I'd come back. Or you'd and climb up into the window. No, I couldn't make it up the window. I would come through the front door and the staff member would look at me and they would be so confused because they weren't there for me. They were there for Walter. But I'd come in at like 7 in the morning and they'd be like, Good morning. Yeah, no, but they would be like, I don't remember him leaving his room. <laughs> Why is he coming in? But they, they did not run a they didn't, It was a bunch of like 18-year-old, 19-year-old kids. Like they really just didn't care. Um, so I kept on sort of relapsing there. I started getting caught for doing that. and um, For drinking. For drinking. Um, and uh, it was a limited budget there. Um, so it was hard to, to buy drugs. But I would save up money and get them sometimes. So anyways, I started hanging out with this kid, Chris, who was a lifer there. Um, which meant that he uh, would never leave. But he was a higher functioning person. It was really, really... You think he's still there? Probably, yeah. Really strange guy. He uh, he was totally bald. He looked like a skinhead, kind of acted like a skinhead, but he was a deadhead when he was younger. He was like 42, 43 at the time. So if he, he had all these tattoos from far away. He looked kind of scary, like he was a skinhead, a little angry look to him. Then you get close and it's like Grateful Dead. <laughs> it's like fairly well. yeah. Um, so I started hanging out with him now and what I would do is I'd sneak out and he had his own apartment and he'd go to the brain injury clinic every day, but he had his own apartment that they would like sort of monitor, which was around the corner. So I'd sneak out and hang out with him. And this guy's apartment was the grossest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay. I (laughs) show up there the first time man. it is just disgusting all right let me just describe the filth in here okay first of all no sheets nothing you know what i mean like on his bed he just has a mattress on the floor um there's just like porn dvds all over the place like empty boxes of takeout like half the full uh things of food and the kicker was there was cat shit all over his apartment uh. and i'm like dude why is there shit all over your apartment Turns out he had a girl live with him for a few months. Turns out he had a traumatic brain injury. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely part of it. But he had a woman live with him for a few months who had a cat, and they never got a kitty litter. So the cat just shat around his apartment, and then the woman left, and this was months later. And he just and the, never picked it up. never picked it up. There's cat shit well, all over the place. he was sick. Yeah, he was very sick. So anyways, we start getting high, and we end up shooting meth together. Crystal meth. Crystal meth. And we're getting to the end of the story here. You know, it's probably not good for people with brain injuries to shoot crystal meth, but no. that's what he did. I don't think shooting crystal meth is good for anybody, frankly. Yeah. Um, 
So we're shooting crystal meth. I mean, hey, I've known this guy for a few months now. Um, shooting, I like shooting crystal meth uh, when it was one part crystal meth and three parts heroin. In yeah, that what is case, that called? This? I don't even know what that is. It's that some word. real ghetto version of a speedball. Yeah, but there's a name for it. Is there? There is. There's a name for it. Is it candy flipping? No, that's what So anyway, so we shoot meth, and the thing about meth is you get a huge libido, and uh, really, yeah, I never did. Oh yeah, for me it did. Um, And so uh, I'm not really proud to say this, but anyways, you had sex with the dude. No, no, no. We start we start watching porn together, right? So Jesus Christ, this is a real risky story. So we start watching porn together. right? He's on the couch. I'm on this like like chair thing, right? And um. We start jerking off watching the porn. Were right? you jerking him off? No, he was jerking off and I was jerking off. Wow. We were across from each other. It's because you went to prep school that you yeah. could do this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Did you do that? That in is prep something. School? Yeah, that is something people do in prep school. All guys prep schools. Yeah. Everybody just jerks. Circle, no, jerks, everyone, like, everyone, circle jerks. It's real. Not, it's not a circle jerk in the sense in like outside Providence or whatever the movie is where they do it, but uh, it's like uh, people would just watch porn at the end of the night and get drunk and like. I'd look over and like my friend would be like jerking off, and I'd be like, I just like laughing. It was funny, you know. Wow. Um, so, anyways, in the public sector, you just don't do that. That doesn't happen. Right? No. <laughs> so, no. so we're watching this porn, right? And this is the end of the story, right now, right? We're watching the porn. I think there's a lot more to say about this. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it, but let me just tell you the kicker. And we're, each of us are jerking off watching the porn, uh-huh. heterosexual porn. And he turns to me and goes, "Let me suck your dick." <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I was just like, no. And kept going. And that's the story. That's the story. That's what Ted requested. He wanted to hear it. Did Ted go to prep school? No. Ted, write us an email and let me know if you jerked off with your friends publicly. (laughs) I never did that. I used to have a friend who would stay with me and I would jerk off, but I didn't think that he knew that I, I would jerk off privately in the room. That's the way people do it in jail. Yeah, really? Yeah. I was never anywhere where I saw anybody jerking off. Ever. Never once. Yeah. I barely saw anybody's dick ever in my life. Yeah. So you would see all the guys, their dicks. No. No, not really. When they're jerking off. Yeah, I mean, no. There was there was one friend I remember. Um, Did everybody have enormous dicks? You're concerned about that, aren't you? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah I know that. I, I I didn't have a tape measure with me. But everybody's comfortable enough to take their dick out and jerk. I mean, it's... Everyone's wasted. Still. Uh, even if I was really fucked up, I would not do it. Yeah. And it's not because my dick is It was isn't strange a- the first time I saw it. But what were you saying about your dick? I'm very comfortable with the size of my dick. I'm comfortable with it. The top of the bell curve? Top of the bell curve. What does that mean? So the top of the bell curve in the middle is average. No, I think I'm, I exceed average. To the right? I think I'm to the right. Well, you I think exceed average in your height. What are you, 6'3"? No, six I four? think I'm 6'1". Are you? Yeah. I, no, I'm 6'1", and I think my... I'm 6'1", but you're taller than no, me. No, we're the I same height. Oh, we are? Yeah. Oh. I think that my girth is lacking, but my length is on. Well, they say girth is where it's at. I know. <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> So that's the uh, brain injury story. Um, it was a very gay story. It was very gay, but and it was, you, very, it was there not very. It was not kicker punchline. There's no it? fucking drugs. There was drugs shooting meth. Please, yeah. Give me a break. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening to Dopey. 
the story about gay jerking off in prep school <laughs> podcast, please write us an email at dopeypodcast at gmail.com and uh, stick around. Thank you for listening and have a good night. All righty.